Any kind of violent or aggression, whether it's physical or verbal, generally is coming from this pumped up, inflated warrior, which is another reason why a lot of times we tend to shy from the warrior archetype a lot is because it's caused so many problems with abuse in the home, wars, all of that is being kind of born out of this inflation of warrior. Hey everybody, welcome back to the pod. You've got your host Anya Shack here and today I want to talk about a topic that comes up often, especially in women's circles and I think it comes up in men's circles as well. There is this thing that happens in culture where there are two types of men that are shown to us, right? There's the bumbling idiot dad kind of like can't get his shit together homer simpson like phil dumpy guy right or there's like the other guy right the bad boy right he's sexy he's hot he's cool he's got the motorbike he's mr big from sex in the city he's james dean and it's like that's all you get you get a bumbling idiot or you get a bad boy that will cheat on you and it's like we're in this uh, world where we still see that over and over and over again. And over the past many years now, I'm very clear there's a third type of man out there. Women I know are very clear there's a third type of man out there. And so today, what I really wanted to do was bring on a man who can talk to us about who this third type of man is and how he comes to be and what is essentially like how um, he comes across. What are the things that he embodies? Where does he come from? How does he become himself? And so I'm very excited for this conversation to dig into the four main masculine archetypes, which is as far as I've learned, when a man kind of goes on the journey to understanding what those aspects of himself are, he then can make his way towards being this third type of man that is not seen in the media, but exists deeply, 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 and through mythology especially. So I want to welcome Mr. Scott. Scott, what's your last name again? I'm like, why am I I blanking on Scott's last name? Harris. Harris. Yes. See, we make little mistakes and it's all good. Yeah, Um, all good. So Scott Harris is awesome. I met him a little bit over a year ago. I actually was on his podcast and he is so interesting. And what I love about him is that he is an expert essentially in understanding these four archetypes and mythology and blending all of his experience coaching men into his very, very unique uh, coaching program. So he's a holistic life coach. He's also a personal trainer and he's a facilitator for the unmasked man. And so he's been super involved in the health and wellness space, um, personal trainer and meditation teacher for over 10 years. And so the podcast that I was on is called Hero in Progress, where he literally shows you the progress of this kind of third way of man, which is really cool and exciting. Um, He's super passionate. He's super excited. And I love that uh, we get to have this conversation. Welcome, Scott. Hello. Thank you for having me. And that was a wonderful introduction. It's so cool to be on the other side of it for a change, being a host of a show. So it's just, wow, it's feel like I don't have to do anything. Yeah, you just get to like <laughs> react and just give us your your wonderful wisdom. Yeah. So take a moment of, you know, with what I just said and like, is that true for you? Have you seen that kind of um, pattern happen in media? Yeah, definitely. I think there's, you know, it can be a little more colorful than say, you know, type A and type B, but you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of, yeah, essentially 
Um, you do have kind of the bumbling, you know, let's say the, the weaker willed kind of guy who doesn't have all of this shit together. And then you've got the, you know, the go getter, macho, alpha male. And uh, I think, yeah, and I think you see a lot of that in our political leaders more than anything, the, the, the flip end of it, what, what's known as the tyrant king, which we can get into a little bit, which is the inflated shadow of the king. Mm. And that's really the problem, I think, with the world in general right now is our leaders are, um, as Rod Boothroyd says very eloquently, is, is we're being led by boys. Mm. Um, and yeah. a, lot of the, a lot of the work I do and uh, the work that was done for me and facilitated for me was getting back in touch with that inner boy mm. and finding out what was wrong with him. Um, you know, we're born into this world, uh, perfect 360 degree personality, little golden ball of pure energy and happiness. Mm -hmm. And then along the way, a lot of these different ideas and ideals are imposed upon us. We're shamed, we're ridiculed, we're made fun of. All these things accumulate and create our personality. And I think what this work is about is getting back to the core of your personality. And as you mentioned, it's about having, uh, it, there is that third man. And the, mm. the, the, key to that, the key to that third man is unlocking the reasons why you're a bumbling idiot or why you can't get your, your crap together or why you're a workaholic or why you're pushing yourself so relentlessly all the time. And once mm. men are able to start asking themselves those questions and have the courage to delve deep into those mm. and seek out those answers, that's where you can find that, that the third man, as you say. And I like that terminology that just called the third man. The third man. I see, I've seen him in um, like two of my favorite movies, I guess the third man, which mm -hmm. would be uh, again, this is a fictional man because I don't, I've recently met met more that are this way, but um, in the past I haven't. Rob Roy and then um, Daniel Day Lewis's character in The Last of the Mohicans. These two That's men good. are like very uh, honorable, you know, strong mm -hmm. and loving. Yeah, mm -hmm. I haven't seen I haven't seen either of those in a while, but beautiful films. It's yeah. funny I saw something about I saw something about Last of the Mohicans today come up on oh. my feed anyway it's just a weird synchronicity oh thing. that's so funny is, maybe the universe is telling me to rewatch that film i've seen it once and it was a long time ago but um but yeah there's a lot of really good wonderful examples and you know i love cinema i grew up yeah loving myth myth and story my dad used to take me to uh to the cinema almost every saturday Ugh. and that's where i really fell in love with all of it but um yeah there's there's a lot of really good examples of, of quote unquote the the third man in, mm. in cinema okay um, great well, let's think about those and maybe we'll send a list out <laughs> to all the people. Yeah, listening. yeah, yeah. Um, I want to ask you this. You said that little boys are running our countries right now. And then you said your journey started when you went to figure out was what was wrong with the little boy. So what does that mean? Like to become a man, you have to meet your little boy? Yeah, you have to, um, you know, as my former coach Alexander says or uh, or said, is you know, the king welcomes all aspects of himself to mm. the table mm. all the broken pieces all the shadows all the the wounded little bits of ourselves and as men we need to we need to face those pieces of ourselves the ones that might be holding us back mm. the shadows that are making us feel shame guilt unworthiness and yeah i was i was guided through this this work and where it really began for me amongst other things was a, a very toxic relationship that I had been in mm. where I was 
the nice guy, mm-hmm. right? The doormat, which is very much the, the, the passive shadow of the warrior. And, um, I was willing to do anything and everything for somebody who was narcissistic and very toxic. And when that relationship ended, I was really left. Uh, I remember I had to talk to my own dad and he had to reassure me that I was a good person. Mm. Uh, cause I believed everything that she had said. And I believed that I had just completely failed. Um, mm. and it was around that time that then I delved into the meditation world and I detached from everything because oh. I thought that, I thought that was the answer now. Well, I'll just forget it all. I'm not equipped for this. I'm going to detach and become hyper-spiritual and spiritual hyper, bypass, you know, and, right? Right. And I'm just going to detach. And that was a beautiful period in my life because I really, I really was grounded and I was very quote unquote spiritual at the time. Uh, but eventually that detachment led to this wanting and this feeling of like, Hey, I'm still on this planet here to experience life and this journey. It's not meant for me to just sit and meditate all the time or not create or, or nurture relationships. Yes. Um, so when I found, yeah, when I found Alexander and the unmasked man, I was just in a stage in my life where I was tired of feeling when I say broken, I don't mean like I was a mess, but I was just always felt like I was either going through the motions in life or um, sometimes feeling overly emotional. And I just felt like I didn't have control of my inner self, which Mm. in the lingo of unmasked man and and the work I do is, you know, we use the term inner kingdom. Part of that process, you know, he led me through a lot of uh, guided meditations. And there were many a times where in that visualization, uh, he would create this, this picture of me coming and in, in, in seeing my younger self mm-hmm. and coming to this realization that all this boy ever wanted, all he still ever wants is to be loved. Mm-hmm. But that boy is always seeking that love outside of himself externally, whether it's through accolades, accomplishments, mm-hmm. uh, recognition, love from, a, from another person. And it was in that moment and through that work that was so empowering was that I was able to love him and give him the love that he needed myself. Mm. I was able to hold that space for my inner boy and circling it back. I was able to ask those questions like, yeah. why, why, do, why are you feeling this way? Yeah. What's, what's hurting you so much and, and unlocking the answers to those questions. So many aha moments. You're like, that's why I'm a nice guy in relationships. That's why I'm a pushover. Totally. Um, all of these answers started coming up to me throughout the work. And that's where, yeah, it really, really shifted for me was, mm-hmm. was, and still is sometimes recognizing when the boy comes up. Um, yeah. yeah, I think a really quick, good example that would be in modern society or, or whatever is, and you see a lot when, um, you know, say in men where there's like a, a knee jerk or overreaction to mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that is, that tends to be some shadow in the boy. Yeah. that is lashing out, that is in defense mode, that is in survival mode, rather than having that king energy of stopping going, whoa, that, let that land. I felt that. My boy felt that. Why? Why did my boy feel that? Yeah. Deep breath. Deep breath. Oh, okay. That's why. And then you proceed and react that way rather than yeah. flying off, flying off the handle. Ooh. Oh my gosh. You just like brought up such vivid imagery for me because um, I've gone through a long healing journey as well, as you know, but now I can actually watch because I'm I'm have a much closer relationship with my father now, which has been a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to rebuild. But um, you know, I can I watch him overreact 
like pretty much with everything all the time. And that was the thing that, you know, when I was a little girl, I was really scary because it was just like aggressive and intense. But now as, as an adult who has healed that, I see it and actually I become so compassionate because I actually mm -hmm. see the little boy in those moments. It's like, that's all it is. And it's so wild. And I just like, I feel so like compassionate about it. I just want to like give him a hug and I do. And it's become the most like healing thing in the world. So it's taken years that's, to get here, but yeah. being here is really spectacular. So I can feel yeah. that. Like, I really feel what you're saying. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's totally amazing. And that's what it's all about is because once you do the work yourself, mm. um, it opens up so many doors of understanding for, um, <laughs> for other people. Like, you know, similar to me, my mom is, is long gone now. She passed away in 2006, but there was, you know, there wasn't the perfect relationship and I had to work through some of that through mm -hmm. my work with Alexander. Yeah. Um, and he, he, he did this wonderful visual and I brought this up before on, on my podcast where, um, he guide me through this this you know visualization where I'm the young boy, and I come across like a, a sandbox, and it's my mom, and she's my age at that time, like young girl. Yeah. And I remember just sobbing uncontrollably in that meditation because that was that really deep recognition of what you just described, where I was like, my mom meant well. Mm but she was just wounded like everybody else like from her parents and all of her experiences so that's but at one point she was this beautiful little girl with dreams aspirations and and it just it, again it changed my relationship and how i viewed her and then also how i viewed my dad my grandparents my siblings my friends my partner like everything it just it completely made a lot of sense and it, as you mentioned it's it's much easier to, to feel compassion because you just see it you hope that they'll figure it out you hope yeah. that they'll uh you know maybe do the work themselves yeah. but at the end of the day at least it you have just a deeper understanding for for yeah. what they're going through and, yeah. and all the nuances of the shadows they face totally just it's literally this i talk about it all the time i think i talk about inner child work over and over and over again because i believe so deeply that it is uh it is the path it is the path to um internal peace i really do believe that um and so love to hear about your journey and i would love to now move into okay so you went on this journey you found your little man um and archetypes like you discovered mm -hmm. the archetypes of manhood. And I would love mm -hmm. for you to just talk about, you know, I know there's a lot of levels of this, um, what mm -hmm. they are, what are their dark and light sides, um, why they even mm -hmm. matter. And um, yeah, why it's these four, like, what is, what is this explain? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to believe they weren't even a part of my life uh, two years ago. And now they've become just such a huge part of my life. And it's interesting. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I grew up watching cinema. I love story. I love myth. I always connected to, um, it was my escape too. I yeah. mean, uh, when yeah. things weren't going well as a child, that was my way of feeling something too. Because I grew up in a home that did not express its emotions very well. And I think cinema really provided me this place or this this thing that i could watch and and cry for that character feel that emotion and and yeah. and relate to that oh. so 
you know, later in life, what happened was as I started to get into, um, you know, the online space and online coaching, I just started to get really interested again in Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey and, you know, the stages and what the hero goes through. Yeah. So I started, you know, researching and studying that a lot. And then I met, uh, well, not met, I came across a, uh, an author named Carol S. Pearson. And she wrote some books on archetypes. There's one called The, the Hero Within. Uh, uh, then there's Awakening the Heroes Within. And she mm. covers, I think her first book at six archetypes. And then the other book, she has 12. It's a much more involved, expansive kind of yeah. um, archetypal work. And she wrote another one for women called Persephone Rising, which uh, I still have on my bookshelf. I have not read it cool. yet. But, um, but yeah, so then um, I'm trying to remember now. So then what happened was... I, uh, through her work, I came across King Warrior Magician Lover. Okay. Then I had Alec, then I had Alexander from the Unmasked Man come on the show. And I just resonated with not just the archetypes and how he spoke about them, but him as a man and the type of man that he, he was a fully, completely rounded third man. Mm. And I decided to work with him because at that time I was just really struggling with, um, what I want to say is King energy. Uh, being able to step into my sovereignty um, and and come from a place of abundance and gratitude, so, joy. So just to interrupt you real quick. So like, mm -hmm. imagine people listening don't know what these four archetypes are. Right. What are they? Um, just so, basically, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, the archetypes kind of originated with Carl Jung and then uh, professor of psychology, Robert Moore and... Uh, Douglas Gillette, they wrote this original piece of work called King Warrior Magician Lover in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And Robert Moore did a ton of lectures on these archetypes. So he's basically taking the, the Jungian type of thinking around mm. uh, psychology. And through his work, he came up with the idea that the male psyche is composed, metaphorically speaking, of King Warrior Magician Lover. Cool. And I was drawn to it as much as I love Carol's, Carol's work. What I liked is that there's only four yeah, but they're very complex within themselves. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's the, the, the there's the four of them. There's the king, the warrior. There's the magician, and then there's the lover. Each archetype uh, of the quadrant has a bipolar, two bipolar shadows. So they have an inflated side and they have a deflated side. And that's where we really, when you do this work, you get into where your issues predominantly lie. Uh. Um, you know, am I expressing my inflated king too much? Am I deflated? And there's never a cut and dry answer because we're, we're fluid beings. So we're always kind of moving through these archetypal energies. And as Robert Moore uh, said, you don't want to become an archetype. That's never the goal. That's like, and uh, yeah. uh, he, quotes, he quoted Star Wars in this, which I love. He's, <laughs> like, it's, he's like, when an archetype gets a hold of you, it's like the track it's like the tractor beam in star wars it's going to pull you in and it's not going to let go mm. so um so yeah through this work uh you know meeting alexander and then uh there's another wonderful book uh raw, written by rod boothroyd he's been on my show multiple times and he wrote a book called warrior magician lover king and it's just an updated kind of oh. uh, more modern modernized version of the 90s book please um and that book is just um that's like my little bible for this stuff because uh, he takes everything that Robert and Douglas did, but um, I think he just elevates it and and grounds it in a very uh, understandable language for for men to understand in, in today's world. 
So take me through this a little bit. So it sounds like the updated book, um, he starts with Warrior. Is there a reason he does that? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, it's, I've never asked him that. And before, okay. uh, before we hit record, as I mentioned to you earlier, I've had a lot of people asking when you're working with the architects, which one do you start with when you're coaching? Mm -hmm. Should you start with King? Should you start with, you know, there's all these differing opinions. And recently yeah. I've come to the conclusion that I actually think Warrior is the way in. Yeah. Um, why Rod has put that first, I'm not sure. But whenever he, I have him on the show and we do a four-parter, he's always Warriors first, then Magician, then Lover. Yeah. So I will, I will ask him that if there's any reason why he's he's done it in that order. But um, um, that's cool. I I heard. Well, like I follow a lot of Alison Armstrong, and when she talks about the stages of a man's life, she does talk about this, like you know, going off and becoming this warrior um, to like, you know, go off to college or pursue your first job. That is more important than finding your mate. Um, you, mm -hmm. If you find your mate before you know who you're going to be in this world, then like it's it's not right. So maybe right. there's something to that. I think, well, there's there's the, the I'm going to explain this. The archetypes have their own arc, I think, within the grand scheme of, okay. a, pers of a person's life. Like, okay. like Rod talks about it in his book. And first and foremost, the first archetype we are all engaged with is lover. Okay. Because we are dependent on our caregivers and we are, yes. seeking, we are seeking that love right from the beginning, which is why we get so fucked up <laughs> yes. is, because we're, is because we're so vulnerable and everything our parents say is it's gospel. Absolutely. Everything we hear, we're, we're a sponge. We're just taking yeah. it all in. Yeah. So generally speaking for all of us, the lover is, is, the, mm. is, the, is the first archetypal energy that we are you know, born into or infused mm. with. Uh, now that being said, for each of us, it can, it can, I think, change according to what type of parents you have. Yeah, of course. You know, Beautifully I had said. A, I, yeah, I had a very aggressive and uh, angry mother who was, had anger issues. And I had my dad, who was this very, you know, weakened kind of king slash warrior who just sat on the couch and kind of cowered from confrontation. And mm. so as a, as a child, I'm, I'm picking up these signals of what is the right way to be. And I think we kind of become this mishmash of, of what, what we're taking in. Now, what you did touch on, which is true, and I think this is another problem uh, with men, is, is when in tribal cultures, there was always an initiation for boys into the tribe where they become men when, yeah. you know, they, they take them out into the forest and they give them a spear and they say, go kill something and then come yeah. back. And then, yeah, now, you know, we smear the blood on his face. You're now part of our, <laughs> yes. our, our, our tribe, right? Women, um, they have that, that marker of becoming a woman, right? Yeah. So boys don't have that. So yeah. that I think does contribute a lot to this men becoming toxic and, and, struggling i think with what is a you know what does a man need to be totally. i'm not saying we need to take i'm not saying we need to take our boys out into the woods and and you know make them kill something at all but i think some form of of proper initiation for a boy into a, a man is important um and i certainly think that um yeah that's where i've come full circle now and i feel yeah. like men are generally a lot of men are afraid to do the work they don't want to talk about the lover they don't want to talk about their feelings mm. um, but i'm starting to shift towards the idea that i think the way in for a lot of men is through warrior um okay. healthy warrior okay let's talk about that and then i also wanted to bring up because you did mention king a few times like can i give mm -hmm. you can i tell you just like my one of my biggest cultural pet peeves yeah <laughs> I love it. Yeah, let's go. I 
really can't stand when men are calling each other kings all the time. Hey, king, what's up? Oh, hey, king. And they're calling 12-year-old boys little king. And they're calling them. And everybody's a king suddenly. And I know girls are doing it too. Oh, hey, queen, you're so great. Like, yeah. you're queen. And I'm just like, uh, yeah. men and women are both doing this in a very um, silly way. And I'm just like, this boy yeah. literally hasn't had a single male influence, yet we're calling him a king. That's not right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel you on that one. And I think that this kind of stuff lands a little bit, I think, in the realm of um, it's a bit of an inflation. There's a danger in the sense, I think, that it's important to instill confidence in young men for sure. Right. Um, and to to incorporate uh, or help them with their self-belief. Like, I wish I had that as a kid, like somebody that really took, you know, to, you know, I think it's Robert Moore that says, you know, a boy needs to smell his dad. He needs to mm -hmm. get up close and smell his dad. And I never really had that. Ugh. So I think it's, I think it's important, but I do think there's a big problem happening in the world today with that kind of stuff. And I get a bit of the same reaction. Um, and when I work with the men, we, you know, there are these moments within the circle where we say, you know, a hand on the, on the heart and I, I you know, they open up and we say, I see you, Kane. Yeah. I see you. Uh, and that's acknowledging their, their sovereignty. It's acknowledging their, you know, mm. their gold, so to speak. But when it comes to just like out in the regular world and interacting and things like that, or even on social media, I, yeah, I see a lot of men that they, they just use it a lot. And I, and it does bring up a little bit of a similar reaction in me where, um, yeah, I just think we, I just think when we do this work, spiritual or deep work, there's, there's a fine line that the ego is slippery. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it, I see it mostly in the spiritual realm, you know, like the the totally. the, the, the spiritual realm of like, I, you know, I'm so spiritual. I'm downloading these messages and right. and there's all of that. Plus what you just described with like sort of this, like everyone says, you know, calling themselves kings and queens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a similar reaction to that pet peeve. And I think to me, my opinion is that that's still born out of more work to do. Yeah. Because I think the minute the minute that you start over identifying with something, yeah. And recognizing yourself as like, again, Robert Moore, you don't totally. want to become an archetype. There totally. are certain situations in life where you need more lover, you need more magician, you need a, an amalgamation of two or three or right. what have you. But I think also it's maybe a compensation because men are still really struggling to find their way. So when they find that king, yeah. it's like then they got to be always king, 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 <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. a king, you're a king, we're all kings, go kings. And it's just too much. And yeah, mm. the women, you know, they'll, they'll do the queen thing as well. So totally. Um, it's, yeah. it's like, um, you know, I happen to believe that for most women, um, like I'll say this right now, like I don't believe that I can be in my queen energy really like fully embody that until I become a mother for me mm -hmm. personally mm -hmm. I believe that mother is a key archetype in the female experience for most women there are many that don't need that their their souls aren't on that path and that's a beautiful thing as well but I think most women do want that and I think mm -hmm. that's really just you know important and then I think to become a, a mother that is successful, right? You must be a maiden first and then a wise woman, mm -hmm. you know, and it all kind of flows together. Um, and so, yeah, I was just, I don't know. I was just contemplating on that. And I'm curious if 
a similar feeling comes through for you around, you know, like when I think of a king, I think of a man who's contributed to society in some way and he's um, mm -hmm. become a partner um, and he's like become, I guess, taken ownership over a family, taken on responsibilities. Mm -hmm. That's like what I envision a king to be. Yeah, I don't know if I, that's how you feel. <laughs> um, I mean, I think a man can be a king without having children. However, I also have had my own feelings of it's just different if I was a father. It's mm. a different level. It's a different level of kingship. Yep. That is that yep. is required. Um, but yet there are, you know, again, there's many things that a man can do who is not a father to be kingly. Um, you know, there's you, you go back and, and, you know, I'm sure down the stretch, you know, when there were a lot of kings, they didn't always have offspring, but yet they were they were good leaders and, and they True. were able to, True. to be kings. Um, I think with women, it's it's a it is much deeper because yeah. it's you're giving birth to this this being and this child, yeah. and I think um, there's just something so inherently powerful about what it means to be a mother. Yeah. So um, yeah, I I agree with that, and at the same time, um, yeah, because I, I just turned fifty this year, and um, Woo! yeah, you not look like you're thirty-two, sure. Scott. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, good genes and I take care of myself but I mean I don't know if there's a, ki a kid down the pipe anytime soon let's say yeah um I think I'm going to lean more for men on this one uh towards and this is I think it was Robert Moore again that, that said this um or it could have been Robert Bly but for men the tendency to step into king energy is when they reach their 40s and 50s yeah like it's 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 this thing where regardless of whether you've had children or not it's you've gained this this kind of life experience and that is really when you start to you a man has really stepped into that energy of knowing who he is and what he's all about mm. what he wants to what he wants to contribute to the world what his grand vision is for the world and, and what have you so mm. um but um but that being said I mean, I, I think it's just so complex and nuanced in the sense that like, everybody's journey is so different. Totally. And I think and I think we we enter these different stages of life that are very archetypal heavy. Yeah. I spent a lot of my youth. I would say I would say when I was in my 20s, 80 percent of my energy was lover energy, whether it was in shadow. So healthy. what does that mean? Yeah. Talk to me about lover energy. Um, like, what does that mean? Well, as I mentioned, like each each of the four archetypes, they have an inflation and a deflation. Okay. I like to think of it as like uh, imagine a volume meter on a stereo. Okay. So uh, ten being the max, zero obviously being the bottom. You want achieving balance with an archetype is being in that you know five range. Okay. But what tends to happen is we inflate or we deflate, and we tend to spend more time in one or the other. Generally, we will bounce back and forth, but certain personalities and certain people will struggle with certain inflations and deflations like a, the inflation of the lover is the addicted lover or the wild lover. And that is someone that's always looking for the continuous high in life and they're they're essentially addicted to love too right which yeah to fulfill to fulfill themselves they're never satisfied they're always looking for that next. Hi, they're the person that invites you out to the party all the time, right? Oh, come on, we're gonna have a good time. Come on, you gotta get drunk. You gotta come have some drinks. Blah, blah. That's inflated lover, mm, right? It's like the Casanova and, kind of guy. 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. 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 Always looking for that next conquest, that that next yeah. that next woman that he can, you know, bed with or whatever. Um, and then the deflated lover is naturally is on the other end of it. It's a lot of these these depressed feelings of not being lovable. Mm. Um, each archetype has a key emotion or a gateway mm. emotion and the lover is grief. Um, so a lot of the lover is layered in grief and not necessarily when people think of grief, a lot of times they think of a passing of a loved one mm. uh, or um, something dramatic. But I mean, you could be grieving not having a strong father. Love, yeah. Not having a strong, like it, it can be more nuanced. Grief is not just limited to those, those catastrophic intense moments. Yeah. Uh, like, like again, you know, bless my dad. I have a good relationship with him, but he's always been a softer man and, and he's been a nice guy his whole life. And I went through a grieving process through this work where I missed not having a strong masculine presence in my home to truly totally take me under his wing and say, Hey son, here's how it is, you know, and, and teach me all these values and things like that. That was really bestowed upon my mom. She was mm. kind of playing both, both roles, which only angered her. So again, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of the. So, so when, um, cause one of my favorite things to do, and one of the things that people that listen to the show have commented that they love is, super tangible, like real world, like today kind of anecdotes. And so for example, is, is being in a healthy aspect of the lover, like being a man who maybe has been working really hard on a project the last week, and then like realizing that, you know, potentially he hasn't spent enough time with his kids or his wife, and then like owning that, and then devoting an entire weekend like where he's like super present, really there, do doesn't check in on his work stuff. And he just like really is there. Is that like kind of finding the balance? 100%. Okay. 100%. 100%. And, and when the, and a man who's doing this work and connects with the archetypes, it's not for everybody. Um, that is when, when, when a man has done this work, he's delved into his shadows a bit. He's got in touch with the inner boy. He gets more in touch with that King energy. And what you just described is that moment where the king steps in and says, hey, you've been working way too hard and you've been neglecting this area of your life. I, I think it's time mm. that, that, you know, we we do something nice. And so the king is there to basically say a little bit more lover energy. Like, let's <laughs> yeah. go. Right. And, yeah. and 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 within that, there's the king energy. If you're spending time with your kids, I you yeah. know, I. Um, I'm babysitting tonight, actually, with uh, my my partner's um, little um, relative. Like she's like cute. Uh, yeah, and um, the first couple of times I was there, like she's five now, but um, you know we've been babysitting for about a year and a half, and immediately the energy I feel is lover king. Love it. Because even though I'm even though I'm not her dad, uh, this yeah. this child is in my care. You know, she was on the jungle gym in the uh, outside in the summer, and I'm watching yes. her, and I'm I'm kind of for that Cute. brief period, I have to step into that kind of Cute. energy. So I I could feel that king energy coming uh. on, um, and that lover energy. But you, it's spot on, and that's what it is. Is it's and it's being aware of those things. Yeah. Um, which energies you're you're spending a lot of time in, and to be honest, for most men. It is going to be magician and warrior are the two that they get trapped in. Okay. 
Um, play a game. We're going to play a game. Let's play this game. This is a fun game. What does it mean? So like, give me an anecdote, an example of a man who is uh, spending too much time in warrior energy. What does that mean? Uh, well, that's where he's obsessed with work. Okay. That would probably be, that would probably be one of the biggest examples um, okay. in his lifestyle. Uh, another good example, and you see it a lot in men, is uh, uh, overtraining at the gym. Their whole uh, life becomes the the gym. I have to train. I have to yeah. be, you know, it, it's the physical body expression of the inflated warrior. And then it's also like the lifestyle. So it's the workaholic. Mm -hmm. It's the, um, and then from a lot of that, um, that's where you see a lot of hyperaggression in men. That's inflated mm -hmm. war. Any, any kind of violent, any kind of violent or aggression, uh, whether it's physical or verbal, generally is coming from this pumped up inflated warrior uh which is another reason why a lot of times we tend to shy from the warrior archetype a lot is because it's caused so many problems with abuse yeah uh, in the in the home wars yeah. you know all of that is being kind of born out of this this uh inflation of of warrior can i tell you and it's funny so okay we have these four archetypes and i'm we're about to get into i want to get into magician because that one's a little hard for people mm -hmm. to understand but back to warrior, like I used to know a man who like the warrior, it was like definitely the dark warrior energy. And you like sprinkle some self-sabotage on top of that with his like inner child stuff that he mm. didn't understand yet. And I remember he had this thing where he felt like he didn't deserve like quality sleep. So he would be and like, mm. until he like got certain accolades in his job. So like he wouldn't let himself get more than four and a half or five hours of sleep in as a way of like punishing himself for not having the, achieved the goal. And I, I just remember hearing these things and being just like horrified mm -hmm. at this. Mm -hmm. And now in retrospect, I realized this man was in very unhealthy warrior energy. And it might be because when he was growing up, that's what he was taught. That's what he learned that getting eight hours sleep, you're weak. Yeah. Get your, get your ass out of bed. You're, you're weak. Um, and that's where as well, um, as I mentioned, we can kind of fluctuate between that inflation and deflation mm. and that dial can, that dial is never just set. Mm. Um, and, and Rod, uh, talked about this on the show recently, and I couldn't agree more with this is that for a long time, lover archetype was the one that was thought to be where men get uh the the suicidal thoughts and and they go oh. into uh the, the heavy depression but he actually said that he thinks it's more linked to warrior because warrior is about feeling you have the right to exist and own your space mm. and if you don't you don't feel like that you're in deflated warrior uh, and that goes with the nice guy right it's like you're sacrificing your boundaries with mm. other people you're sat, you're letting people just invade your little private bubble or whatever, mm. because, because you don't feel you have the right to exist. Totally. And to take that further, I like to think of the analogy too, with the warrior in that sense of it's, it's, it's like turning your sword on yourself. Yeah. So if, if you're the inflated warrior, you're taking up your sword and you're just charge, charge, and you're flailing and cutting and yeah. you know, hurting, hurting people along the way. Yeah. But the deflated lover also has, or sorry, the deflated warrior has this element of that self-destruction and that uh, inflicting self-harm and mm. punishment on oneself. Totally. Um, so, yeah, but um, yes. Yeah. Wow. I definitely, I, I, 
I can see suicidal thoughts coming from the deflated warrior. Absolutely. Wowza. Okay. And I, even myself, I don't think I am very clear on magician in a real (laughs) tangible, like human man life way. So can you explain what it means to be like too much in your magician or to like not be enough magician? What does that mean? Yeah. We love the magician when we talk about it. Whenever I have this conversation with Rod or anybody, we all chuckle. The men man who know this work okay. Uh, okay. really bond with it, bond with this archetype because it is the most complex okay. because he, because he's elusive. He's okay. the, he's the smart, he's the smart and cunning part of ourselves. You know, as far as the magician goes, I think if you want to bring it into more, more modern thinking, um, the inflated magician is the one who thinks he knows it all. Got it. He's the smartest. He's always the smartest guy in the room. Got it. And then the deflated magician is the dummy. He's the one that like just believes he's stupid. He doesn't have anything good to offer the world or anything smart to say. He's should just keep his mouth shut. Mm. Um, that those are some modern examples. Obviously, uh, there's a lot more than that. I think um, yeah, the the inflated magician loves to overthink, likes to overanalyze everything. I think uh, one shadow I struggle with is the the perfectionism is born mm. out of the magician. The magician wants, and a lot of that comes from. Um, I think there's uh, through my research. I want to say the magician is two. The, there's the two P's: perfectionism and procrastination. I see. And, procra- and procrastination lies in the deflation. Perfectionism lies in the inflation. Right. Right. Because right. we're, you know, the deflated magician is going to procrastinate about everything and be, a, right. you know, not take any action and talk himself out of everything. Um, one thing I want to touch on to really help clarify the magician a lot is um, for most of us, we spend our life in magician mode, especially in today's technology. It's all thought. We're, we're constantly thinking, absorbing, like when we're scrolling social media and reading and absorbing and learning and not learning and watching, that's all magician energy, right? Um, so I think that's a really an important thing to, to bring up for, for magician energy. Uh, and the other real quick thing is there's an element to the magician called the safety officer. That is the part of ourselves that is born and designed to protect us from more shame and more guilt. So Mm. the magician in us, the magician in us loves to avoid certain situations. Like that's the part of us that steps in and goes, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, remember the last time you did an oral presentation and they laughed at you? Mm, I'm we can't yeah. do that. Exactly. Oh, don't don't go to that weekend retreat because you'll be asked to talk about yourself and you know how that feels. And so there's that. And that is born out of childhood. That's born out of that. So the magician is very present from a young age. And it, a lot of it is designed to protect us. The magician rules the throne more often than not in today's world and for a lot of us because and prevents us from doing the things that we love to do because we talk ourselves out of it we're scared the primary emotion as i described earlier was grief for the lover guess what it is for the magician the primary gateway emotion is fear fear oh it's fear that makes so much sense oh my gosh so okay so okay Cause that was my question. I, you, you, you essentially answered it, but I just want to make sure I get it. Cause I'm like fascinated by this stuff. I just like, it's so mm-hmm. fun. Um, Cause yeah, when you were talking about work uh, and like using your brain, I was like, what's the difference between that and the warrior? Cause like the warrior is the guy that works too much. So like, what's the difference? Cause I'm envisioning like, you know, a white collar dude mm-hmm. sitting typing and stuff. Um, yeah. You, you really explained it. So then if the magician is the the more mental space, then 
yeah, what is that distinction with the warrior? If the warrior is still related to work? Well, they they all play off of each other. Okay. In a way, you, you could imagine your inner kingdom. This is all metaphorically, right? Yeah. But it works. And, and the men tend to connect with the language a little bit. But a good example would be um, the warrior is about action. So he puts the king's plan or he puts the magician's plan into work. A lot of times oh. the magician the magician is calling the shots, not the king. So that's the problem, right? Yes. Um, a good example too, uh, to, to bring it down to earth a little bit is a, a really good sign would be uh, like the warrior might push himself too hard physically. Mm. And he's in that go, go, go uh, attitude. But then yet you've got the magician is that part that, you know, when you go to bed at night and your brain won't shut off and yeah. you're always worrying and thinking about all the things that you got to do mm. that's like I, I like to envision that like that's literally your magician is keeping you up at night and he's like taking notes for the next day oh. um and then and then you wake up and guess what happens warrior goes okay here we go we got to execute that that plan that's been laid out for us right so and then that's where the the king and the lover need to step in with that, um, with their energy. Um, but a lot of times it is essentially the, and, and I mean, we, again, we could do a whole conversation on magician because there's all kinds of stuff in yeah. the world today. Um, I had a guy on my show, Angel Millar, he wrote a book called path of the warrior mystic. And he uh -huh. talks a lot about warrior, warrior magician energy and that, and how he believes we're in the time of the dark magician, because yeah. what's happening in the world is, is, and this is where shadow, magician inflated magician yeah. comes in is manipulation yes totally the inflated magician will manipulate we live in a world right now that is very heavily manipulated by government by social uh by the news and all these different outlets totally. and things like that so it is very that's we are being essentially controlled by dark inflated magicians <laughs> yeah, I hear so um so yeah you just apply that to your life and look look at your own life and think about where am I or where am I not exuding, you know, those sort yeah. of, those sort of, those sort of attributes. Um, you know, just as a quick example, I know when I was younger, a good example of that magician coming in all of a sudden, you know, when I was back, you know, dating and I was, I had these wounds, I was worried about um, the other guy, let's say. Good example that would be used like, okay, well, how can I make that guy look worse than me in mm. her eyes? Mm. and actually try to execute some sort of whether it's talking about him to her like oh he's a loser or he's like but there's that manipulation mm. that's going on right totally. that's also very much that's where magician comes in right and totally. that's why we have to be really careful because he likes to run the he likes to run the show he or she mm. uh, for women it's it would be uh like priestess would be probably yeah. the more appro appropriate way to connect with that but uh yeah totally um, no i i feel that like i just to connect those four archetypes to the female ones it would be like queen mother priestess maiden or lover maiden slash lover but this is so fascinating because like i you know i can almost envision though two a man in his dark magician, like up all night pacing, just like not sure how to figure out maybe there's a big problem. And he's just like overthinking, overthinking, overthinking. And like mm -hmm. that could also potentially cause suicidal thoughts too. Just like, I don't know how we're going to mm -hmm. have enough money this quarter. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if I can deal with it. Wow. Yeah. And I think trying to apply these, that's the, that's the challenge over the last couple of years for me is trying to have these conversations and applying it to um, relatable situations yes. in life. 
Yes. Um, it's great to connect with them on this mythical level. Absolutely. Yes. That's why they, that's why they work, but it's important to have these conversations about, yeah, you know, uh, what are some really like real world examples of, of this archetype and that archetype and where have they, they, they kind of been popping up my life, like a really good one right now for a magician that I've noticed. I think I touched on this already. Perfect example is inflated spirituality is probably one of the most obvious ones where you see a lot of people that are, they're almost, they're just so detached from this reality. Mm. You know, the, the real, the, the, the guru-y type people, you know, totally. the ones that are like, and then what happens there is that they use their power and their influence. Uh, that's how cults are born. That's how all this dark stuff, insidious stuff is born. And they pull people in that are weak kings and queens who are abdicating their power over to something else because they don't believe they have it within themselves. So like, oh, you know, and that's, and we've all done it. I've done it where you just get so relig you religiously follow somebody like they're everything, like they have all the answers, right? Mm. Um, and that that's kind of part of that. And that's where uh, I see a lot of that, especially on social media. And I, I tended, uh, it's a bit of a pet peeve of mine now, actually. Mm. I, I, tend to dis I tend to disconnect a lot when it becomes real fluffy, totally. hyperly. Totally. I just don't, I don't, um, and I, I love that. that stuff. Like I love spirituality. I love, um, I believe in higher self. I, I, I don't believe in a religion per se, but I do mm -hmm. believe in, in something. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just, I don't know. I think there's a lot of self-proclaimed priestesses and <laughs> yeah. magicians out there. I'm like, who made you the downloader of all yeah. Right. Like I yeah, yeah. like so yeah. I get very, very wary of that. And again, that's very much in the the magician. Yeah. The magician. Totally. Yeah. Listen, it's like the people that vibe with this show, they're like, all right, we're healing, we're loving, we're but we're doing it in a down to earth way. <laughs> so it's like yeah. and, that's kind of how I vibe. And, you know, what you were saying earlier about the whole um, you know, when you're in your king, you know, uh or whatever that energy the funny thing about that too is it's like you're always going to be fluctuating and moving through this stuff i've been less in my king this year than i was last year 100 percent. and i think part of that is owed to the fact that like i've been exploring different parts of my life more than i was last year i there's things that have just taken a bit more precedence but the important thing is i've always been aware and said to myself hey be careful there watch that that's an old pattern that's a, you know that kind of that's still king awareness, but mm. I think that's the thing. Go, the reason I bring it up is like you said, where everyone's always talking about, I'm a king and I'm a queen. It's like you're but all the time. Well, so you're flawless. So you're flawless now is what you're <laughs> telling me. That's why I think it maybe rubs you the wrong way and rubs me the wrong way is because it's this kind of grandiosity. It's inflated king because the, the, the inflation of the, the, the royal couple is that idea of like you just you're pumping your own tires. So whenever I see anybody pumping their own tires a lot and talking about how great they are, I immediately just, I, I, I'm like wounded boy, wounded child. Uh, you're inflating yourself because of, mm. I know because I've, I've done it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, and if I'm not careful, if I'm not careful, I'll do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, totally happen again. it's totally yeah. true. I think, um, you know, I think language is really, really important and we underestimate the importance of it. And I, I, mm. I think it's interesting because a lot of men that I talk to um, do use this language, this terminology that goes like, I'm in my king or I'm more in my magician or in my, in my, and it's, um, it makes so much sense. 
for, especially for coming from you, um, coming from somebody that has gone through an extensive process of understanding what this stuff means. But I think when it's mm-hmm. someone brand new or someone that might not even, you know, uh, have had the time yet to embody these archetypes at all, it more, it's more like I'm wearing the outfit of a king, mm-hmm. but not really that. And so that mm-hmm. part is hard for me to hear as well, because I, I'm just like, okay, it, it, it it's probably the true that all of these things exist within you and they must come out at different times uh, in your life to serve you and the people around you in the best way possible. And so how do we, how do we square that? Like, how do we deal with that? The distinction between bringing it out of you, that which mm. already exists versus wearing the outfit, you know, <laughs> that's that, that's that shadow work. That's, yeah. that's knowing when, that's knowing when you fall and pray to wearing the mask of the King. Mm. It's that thing where you can, you can fake it. You can put on that. I'm a healthy King, <laughs> Yeah. but, but more often than not, people are going to figure it out or eventually it's got your kingdom's going to come crumbling. And yeah. I think one of the, I think honestly, uh, social media is a perfect place where you find these, I don't want to say false Kings because yeah. I think some of them are doing amazing work and I think they're doing amazing things, but they're, they're they've fallen into this idea of, I always have to portray greatness. I always have to portray um, this kingly mm. persona, which again, just becomes another mask that you're wearing. Mm. And something that I've been, and that's another reason why I took a break from social media is because I felt myself going down that road a little bit where mm. I was trying to, trying too hard to, yeah. to be a king. And, yeah. Uh, I realizing that I'm still a king in progress. Like I always will be till the, till the day I'm, I'm gone. And yeah. um you know, I think that's what I feel like I'm seeing a lot from men online now is they've, they've done a lot of this great work, but sometimes you just, it's so slippery again. You start drinking your own Kool-Aid. <laughs> totally. Because the more we elevate, right? The more we do, mm-hmm. the more we learn, the smarter we get. Of course, right? It makes sense. Mm-hmm. But there always have to, has to be this level of, and this is the thing with the king that I think is missing, or I think a lot of times what's missing is humility. Yeah, a good king, a good king doesn't need to proclaim he's a king all the time. Totally. Right. He's humble within that. He just leads. He just does it by example. So I think that might be another reason why that when that comes up, it's bothersome because it's like you, you shouldn't have to tell me you're a king if you are. Yeah, I should just I should just feel that energy. Yes. And you've met men like this. I've met men like this. Yes. I've met women that are that are queenly where it's like, whoa, like they don't have to. They're not tooting their horn. They're not pumping their tires. You feel when yeah. someone is just whoa in yes. some really good vibe and king energy or queen yes. energy. So Cheers. That's to my that. yeah. Love that's that. my red flag. I think that's the that's my yeah. Same thing with the priestess thing or the guru thing. It's like oh, if yeah. you gotta. If you're taking the time out to talk about how wonderful you are, <laughs> that's the totally. little boy. Love uh, that. Yeah. That's so true, man. I the humility piece was huge. I, I was thinking that while you were speaking too. I was yeah. like, humility, humility. Um, it's so beautiful. It's such a it's such an incredible quality. Um, and it gets it gets really confu- like it gets confused with um 
low self-worth for some reason. Like people confuse the two. It's like, no, I can be proud mm. of who I am. Um, and yes. cause you know, it, I think there was like a Russian, it was like a Russian phrase they used to say when growing up, um, even in my house, it's like something negative about being not humble. Oh, oh, it's like when you say something that like you're bragging about yourself, the Russian people, Russian people say, um, something about mm -hmm. like you, humility won't kill you, wouldn't kill you. That's what they say. Like, basically mm -hmm. like you, you should be more humble. And um, then you take it as like a don't speak about yourself. Um, but most kids, especially in that situation, take it as like, don't believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. That's the distinction. It's like, yeah. Yeah, being humble is really just finding those moments in life. Yeah. To acknowledge when you make a mistake and acknowledge totally. that you're not perfect, that you're, um, you know, and I think a lot of what's happening in the world right now is, uh, I've seen this shift in the last couple of years. I think the men's movement has been done some incredible things but i worry again sometimes too that um understandably so men feel like masculinity has been under attack a bit uh i i understand yeah. i relate i relate to that however the answer is not to get defensive <laughs> yeah. and not and not to, to self-inflate or to revert like to flex your 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 muscle more right whether and i don't mean physically flex it i mean like that whole energy of like come on men let's be men and you know like it's like no, no i think the universe is you know with everything that's going on is it's it's getting to as you described at the top of the show is this third man yeah. and this third man this third man is neither masculine nor feminine he's both he's 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 able to express it um express both energies and he's comfortable in both of those energies right it's it's i saw this um this father and daughter on um, Instagram and they do these sing-alongs together mm. and I'm watching the father and I'm just, it's beautiful because it's just like, he's in his lover energy with his daughter and mm -hmm. it's just, but he's not afraid to be a goof and he's not afraid to show this dancey feminine side. And I'm like, we need more of that. We need more men to show that side of it and not always be so stoic with life. And that's where I think the archetypes are helpful or can be helpful is mm. um, once we tap into that is, flex all the different you know muscles of the quadrant and, and um share all those sides of, of yourself and i believe that every man has those sides you know the intelligent mm -hmm. smart clever guy uh who can help people out of difficult situations with his magician he's a healer right he's a good mm -hmm. lover to his to his partner he listens well which is very much king energy the king listens mm -hmm. um and then he knows how to make decisions difficult decisions get out get things done in the world he's disciplined but he's not a slave to his discipline mm -hmm. which is something that there was just something that happens a lot in the warrior mm -hmm. quadrant is we become a slave to these disciplines but yeah. it's all based out of, of fear and avoidance i mean this is all all of this ongoing work is is hard work it's challenging work it never ends which is why i think the fault that happens with this work sometimes is is we can self-crown ourselves prematurely or um, you know, I feel like I had a bit of a crowning moment at the end of my time with Alexander, but you know, I made a joke with him three months later. I'm like, yeah, it's interesting. I felt like, oh yeah, I've been crowned. I'm a king. This feels amazing. And then all of a sudden that lover shadow popped back up and I'm like, oh, that's life. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Mm. So, yeah. That, yeah. I love how you described all that. That's literally mm -hmm. where I was going. You read my mind, Scott. That's perfect. Um, yeah, that's the good questions, though. That's the thing. And, and I'm taking a lot out of this conversation with me 
um, because through my, this is important stuff. It's like, how, and I've been having this conversation in my head is how can I share this type of work, but apply it more and more to day-to-day life and not be something quite so abstract. Yeah. And I think one thing that you just said is really interesting to me is you were just talking about how, you know, men, men are all of these archetypes and it is hard work. But then I think to myself, you know, it's, it may be hard work in this modern day and age, but if men just learn to tune out of all of the distractions, they'll find that these archetypes live within them. Like it's so natural, like it already is like, you don't have to do anything extra. Um, you are, you are these archetypes. It's just about listening to them and, you know, being brave and following them. And so I think like the man you described this third man, like that was so beautiful. I I would say the only thing I would add would be like, has, has great boundaries and is like, Mm -hmm. so ready to kind of take take the lead in, in, in times of uncertainty and difficulty. Right. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, that's just something that is so needed. And I think women are, are craving that aspect again. It's, it's honestly the, the bare basics of it is it's self-awareness. It's, um, um, you know, before we, before we finish, I'll tell a real life experience for me where the archetypes came into play, uh, earlier this summer, uh, my girlfriend, my partner, Mm -hmm. uh, there was, there was a birthday thing going on in Seattle and she wanted to go. Um, she wasn't sure what time it started. Um, she didn't want to drive her car. I would have to rent a car. There was all these different variables. And, um, at one point I was, didn't want to get a car, right. To, to go across the border for only two hours. Cause this thing was like two hours. So part of my analytical magician mind is assessing this whole thing and strategizing and going, this doesn't really make like a whole lot of sense. Like we're going to go there for two hours, like blah, 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 blah. And then I, her tone of voice was like, okay, well fine. I guess we won't go. And, and I, I could, I could really, my king, I like to think it's my king picked up on that tone and picked up on that, that disappointment. And in that moment, it was like, I just, the king kicked in and was like, warrior, go, go. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go look for a car right now. I'm going to rent one, blah, blah, blah. So warrior went into action, started doing all the stuff, planned it all out. And she was now in that point where she's like, well, no, we, you don't have to do it. Just forget it. I'm like, nope, we're going, we're going now. We're doing this. And that's the warrior overriding the situation saying, no, 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 I, I fucked up. Like we're going, you want to totally. go to this thing. And that's, that's the most important thing is that this is important to you and you want to go, we're going planned it all, planned it all. We drive out there. Uh, we weren't there for just two hours. We ended up uh, going back to her nephew's place for the whole day wonderful day, wonderful conversation, spent a lot of time with my lover energy, blah, blah, blah. We get back in the car. We're about to leave. Um, I'm about to pull out. She just looks at me. She's glowing. Like she's happy. Right. And she just looks at me and she's like, I'm so glad we did that. I had such an amazing time. I looked at her and I said, I'm, I'm so glad you enjoyed yourself. But inside I was, I was getting the goosebumps. I didn't, I wasn't tooting my horn. I wasn't doing it, but I just, in that moment, I was like, thanks King. Like, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming, coming through on that one and making me realize that I was being selfish and not just selfish at that moment, but there was some fear in there. Mm-hmm. It was all of that. Like I'd never driven across the border before. There was all, uh, you know, the, the, the cost of this and that, and it was just all that dumb crap 
that the magician mm. was was doing to pr protect me but in the end i was like man just do this for your woman what are you doing man come mm. on and it was all worth it and in that moment i'm telling you that's what life is all about it's those Ooh. moments when, when i looked at her and she just you know we weren't making out it was nothing like passionate and crazy yeah. she just looked at me and it was like i was able to help her have a good day and all it took was for me to lean more into this king and further away from uh, the other energies and that's where i think the work has benefited me the most is the, the language works and it's like i can have that moment of uh, assessing my inner kingdom and saying hey let's go so yeah I, th that's just an example like because on the phone it. with her it, all these other archetypes were arguing well yeah, yeah, and yeah. then finally finally the king just went whoa yeah i'm in charge yeah. this is what i'm sensing you're scared this part of you scared this part of you doesn't want to do it because of this we're doing it because it's important to her and that's and and what's important to my kingdom is that my partner my queen is happy, too, happy. right that's yeah. a huge that's a huge part of it right yeah um so yeah just that's kind of a quick example just one really quick but that's an example for your listeners in terms of just how the thought process can work for men um yeah in terms of just just viewing their life and and taking responsibility for it um, Ooh, don't downplay yeah. that that was such a beautiful story well, well said like really great story like i'm so grateful you shared that like the most perfect way to end um and I just, I really did imagine like all of your archetypes talking, just like the mm -hmm. busy noise of, of like the kingdom where like everyone's there mm -hmm. and like the gestures, like throwing around, you know, juggling and stuff. And then the king walks in and everybody's like silent and it's like mm -hmm. so powerful. But imagine now, this is the work, right? Imagine if you're a man whose king is drunk underneath the table mm. and he's not taking any any responsibility for his kingdom he's not entering the room that's the problem what's going on in the world right, right? is that there's that's right. the thing so right. a, a beautiful part of this conversation as well is that idea of like yeah i think it is silly when it's like oh, i'm a king all the time no you're not mm -hmm. you're you're still the scared you're still the scared boy you still have a manipulative magician you still have a warrior that wants to prove all of this stuff but because you've connected with that king energy you can now call upon him when you need to to enter the room hopefully yeah um, right um so yeah i think that's but that's a huge that's a huge part of it is that yeah and we are these complex people every situation we get into our brains are on overdrive our bodies want to do this and this and that and i'm telling mm -hmm. you just breathe invite <laughs> that king invite that queen energy and to just slow everything down Ugh. right such yeah. great advice, such beautiful conversation. Um, very inspiring. Thank you so much. Um, for Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. I would love um, as we, well, first off, cheers to all the wonderful men doing this work and um, mm -hmm. bringing their kids, their kings online, um, which is- And women too, women too, that are just doing whatever, you know, doing their part. I think that's, yeah. Shout out to the women too. Yeah. Love that. See, it's like we're both shouting out to the to our people, to our respective opposite. Com, uh, our what's what am I? What word am I looking for? Um, uh, compliment our compliments. Yeah. So thank yeah. you so much. Um, before you go, let the people know where they can find you, where they can access you. I would love it if they had the knowledge of where they can find more more of you. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Instagram. My handle is. Uh, 
at it's Scott Harris. And um, my website is www.warriorwithintraining.com. Uh, that does have information for my one-on-one -on -one men's coaching program up there. Um, I will probably sometime in the new year be running another Brotherhood of Kings, which is the, the men's group version of my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. And uh, next year, yeah, I plan to bring uh, some Steel Mace Flow into the, uh, into the work as well. Um, I've just been working on those certifications. But um, yeah, I think I really want, I think the key to men, why I said earlier about warrior is because men connect with their body a lot physically like mm -hmm. like and there's a way in through that physicality to the lover and to the emotions um but it's it's a it's a um it's the two together there's the physical exertion exercise but then like the steel mace flow is much more of a it's almost like a dance or it's much more of like a a different it's a more of a expression in a different way it's a softer energy while cool. still being but we'll still be masculine so yeah Anyways. Love I love it. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'll put all that stuff at the bottom of the episode so everyone can find that. And I love that name, uh, Warrior Within Training. That's dope. That was my PT business from for the last, uh, <laughs> you know, 15 years since because I started as a personal trainer into this this health space. And as I mentioned to you earlier, it's weird how it's all of a sudden the thing that I was trying to shed from my identity and avoid is now I've come full circle and I'm like now warrior within just means something deeper. Mm. Um, especially now that I, yeah, it's, it's just funny how that is. So yeah. Yeah. I love it. I appreciate, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, thanks uh, yeah. So Go ahead. Last word. No, I was going to say thanks. No, I was going to say thanks for having <laughs> me on. I really, I really appreciate it. I loved having you on. This was such an awesome conversation. So rich. Um, and dynamic and fun. And I hope, um, all of you listening have really enjoyed diving deep into the archetypes and, third man. So until next time.